Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. stories of what they think you're like but i heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that i'm never alone you're good good father to you
Hills. <laughs> and welcome to our service. We hope that you enjoy it. I'm Donna Opoka, and I am here to share the announcements. Matthew and Reverend Kelly would like to thank the following people for coming yesterday for our undecorating party, where we were able to take down all the decorations from Christmas and get things ready for the new year. They are Jean Finnegan, Steve France, Peter Albertson, Carl and Terry Schluter, Dennis and Donna Opoka, Faith Brower, and Pat Moscos. So thank you. Please, please, please join us after service for fellowship because after fellowship, we are having our library grand reopening with tea and a talk of two soul by our own Carl Schluter. I'll be able to share a little bit about the library and up our upcoming book drive and how you can help with that. And then Carl will share a very wonderful discussion on his key points from his book, Two Soul, The Unseen Stuff of Life. He'll also autograph books and there will be some things for sale. If you are volunteering with us for the food gatherers in Ann Arbor this Thursday at 1 p.m., please make sure you have given Charmaine Pearson your completed volunteer form. There are two slots left if anyone is interested and if you have any questions or need the volunteer form, please see Charmaine. This Friday at 7 p.m., we are going back to our trivia game night on Zoom, hosted by Eileen Lindbergh. To join the fun, just click on the link on our webpage. Everyone is welcome, and the more the merrier. The men's group is meeting for breakfast this Saturday at 10 o'clock at the Leo's Coney Island at 12 Mile and Farmington Road. Please, all men are welcome. Please join them. There is a volunteer training and appreciation meeting on Sunday, January 29th at 12 p.m. in the social hall for the greeters, the ushers, kitchen team, and stewards, and anyone else interested in joining these volunteer teams. <clears throat> it's time to renew your annual membership, to update our church records, and submit an accurate membership count to the Unity Worldwide Headquarters. You must renew your membership to vote in the annual meeting that's coming up on J February 19th. So please go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, and then click on the membership form. It's real easy, but if you need help with computers or anything, we can always help. Lynette Kelly is our prayer chaplain for today. She will be available to pray with you after service in the back. To stay aware, to stay aware of what's going on at UFH, please visit our website, unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the weekly newsletter, which is emailed out every Friday. And now, as the music team sings, Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer and meditation.
morning, everyone. Now it's time for the reading of the Daily Word for Sunday, January 15th, 2023. World Peace. And today we affirm, I rest in my heart in the peace of God. Let's affirm that together. I rest in my heart in the peace of God. And our message reads, all around the world, so many souls are joining me in prayer for peace. While the news may give more attention to points of conflict, there, are a, there is a striving and yearning in the heart for peace. My prayer supports that design and strengthens the bonds of love that lead to a greater harmony. I begin my affirmation of world peace with a soft and open heart. I am comforted as I realize the advances the world's people have made over the generations to live together harmoniously. I make an effort to live a more peaceful life and bridge the gaps of understanding between myself and those around me. I focus my attention upon our shared desire, a peaceful world of cooperation and goodwill. This is my heartfelt, my heartfelt prayer. Today's scripture comes from Isaiah 26.3. Those of steadfast mind you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me. Take a deep cleansing breath. And let your focus flow down into the center of your chest. In unity, we call this the heart center. This is where our relationship with God, symbolizing the vertical part of the cross, connects with our relationship with ourselves and others, symbolizing the horizontal part of the cross. It is in this sacred place within our heart that we pray. So I invite you to open your minds up to a feeling of peace. And let your hearts feel a deep sense of love. There's only one power and one presence that is active in this world, in our lives, and in the universe. God, the good omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. God, as we tune into you, tune into your knowing, we know that because you are everywhere present, you know everything this world needs to move into the, the divine expression of love, harmony, and peace that we're created to be. As we hold in our hearts the intention of world peace, we know that it begins with us. It is our sacred commitment to not just sing the song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me, it is our intention and our commitment to be that true expression of peace and radiate it out into the world. And in this moment, we breathe in love deeply. And we exhale love deeply, radiating it out into the world. And I invite you to just continue, just for a little bit, to just continue to breathe in love deeply. And exhale, releasing, letting go, 
and letting love radiate from you out into the world. Let's sit in that feeling of peace, love, oneness, and harmony and radiate it out into the world just for a little bit. Breathe in love. And exhale, release, let go, let love go. Just continue to breathe in love deeply. Let it go. Let God take it and radiate it out into the world. You are love. You are lovable. You are loving. And you are loved by God just the way you are. And God, we take that, that challenge of the first two greatest commandments to love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And to love each other just as we love ourselves, which reflects how we love you. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. I love that. I love that. Let us affirm our statements of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible, one presence. One mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Wait, say that two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. One more time. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our U of H growth affirmation with some gusto knowing that it is working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. so clear I'm finding I can do this on my own and I don't know where to go from here as long as I know that you are near I 
Give them another hand, please. Close. I got it. I'll cry some of my nose. That'll want to wipe my nose in front of you all. Oh my gosh. 
That was beautiful. Uh, you ever had a moment where you feel lost? I feel like half my life I felt lost. And in those moments, <laughs> just give me a minute, please. It's not just me. I'm feeling someone else in here, too. So whoever else is feeling lost or whoever else is feeling emotional, whoever else is feeling full right now, I'm right there with you. And I'm sending you love and light. And I'm thanking God for calming it down so it's not so heavy and like a turmoil, like a tornado. And this is perfect because <laughs> the title of my talk is The Lost Sheep. <laughs> Parable of the Lost Sheep. Uh, I am grateful for the uh, music ministry. I'm grateful for the way you guys touch more than entertainment in me. You touch my heart so deeply and you follow what you feel led to sing, and it's always the perfect thing that I need to hear. What about y'all? Is it the perfect thing you need to hear? And so I thank you for that, because I have those moments when I feel lost, and this uh, parable of the lost sheep has really been working with me. I'm a little too full to tell my joke right, <laughs> right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and get into the talk. Like I said, the title of my talk is the parable of the lost sheep, and it's found in Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. And this is powerful because Jesus often, when you read these parables, Jesus is often using these parables as a visual and Im imaginative way of responding to people who are criticizing him the Pharisees and the religious law, uh, the, the Sadducees and those who are rabbis. This is his way of inadvertently getting to them with a deep message in an earthly story. And it's beautiful because he always finds a way to tell a story that connects with life as it was then. Agriculture, the way seeds sprout, the way shepherds, you know, uh, handle their sheep and all of the di different ways that, that connected to what was happening in everyday life so that you could really touch, so he could really touch the hearts of people by meeting them where they are. The beautiful thing about his stories is that they are analogies and they have symbolism in them, so they are timeless, so they still are very much uh, rele uh, relevant in this time as they were over 2,000 years ago. They still connect with the heart deeply 
because he was talking through spirit with an earthly message, an earthly story that had a heavenly message in it. And he always said, those who have eyes to see, let them see. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Because you had to move past the visualization of what was going on and the actual story, and you had to go deep into the meaning of it. Parable of the, the parable of the lost sheep is the beginning of three parables that talk about losing something. So this is the lost sheep, and then the second one is the lost coin. Now, when he's talking about the lost sheep, we'll read he's talking about how you, ha you have a hundred sheep, and you lose one, and you go after that one until you find it. And then in the lost coin, he talks about losing, having ten coins, and you losing one, and you find that. And then the, the other one is the lost son, which we know as the prodigal son. We've already gone over that one. Um, so I, I love the story of these parables because they've been opening me up to such a deep meaning and a deep understanding of who I am. Because I read it on the level of the culture he's, he's saying it by, and then I read it by putting myself in the story, and then I read it and putting the metaphysical meaning in it, but then I go deeper into it and connect it to my consciousness. How does it connect in consciousness, which is the mysticism part of it? Does that make sense? So you take it from the underlining uh, spiritual meaning of it, and you connect it to your own consciousness, how you are it. And so in this parable, I'm going to read it, chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came and listened, to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he associate, was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. And back then, eating and communing was a big thing. It was uh, a ritual, basically. And so they're upset at him for communing with people who are what would be considered outcasts, those people who, because uh, it was a status thing, so those who were rabbis and those who were Pharisees and those who were teachers of the spiritual uh, laws of the Judaism, they didn't eat with or... Um, associate with people who were considered sinners, tax collectors, and those people who messed up in their lives. And so Jesus gives them this, this story. It says, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he fi has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Think about that piece. That's pretty deep. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found the sheep, my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Let me just pray. So God, I tune into your presence right now. I allow my human understanding, even up to this point of what I've studied, what I've experienced with you, and what I've felt with you, to be decreased that the spirit can come forth with even more holy energy, even more aligning in me that I may be your voice. 
So I say, at my, I, I, I ask my human to decrease that my spirit may come forth more deeply in this message. Thank you, God. Amen. And so this is deep because Jesus tells, is telling the Pharisees and the religious law leaders at the time that he didn't come to spend his time around those who already thought they knew what they thought they knew. Those who already thought they knew everything. And you can know everything about God intellectually and not know a doggone thing about God through the spiritual experience. And he came to bring those people who were even lost, who, even, who were being um, judged, and they were outcasts. They were considered the, the ones who were not desirable to be around. He came to teach them and bring them into a higher expression because they were ready. They were ready. And most of the time, those are the people who you can touch. Those people who are, are down and trodden, downtrodden rather, and, and, and uh, suffering and struggling. And those are the people who you can reach because their hearts are searching for something to connect with because they are lost. And when you look at this story, these law uh, tax collectors and other notorious sinners weren't the ones who were lost. They found home in Jesus. They were coming to listen to Jesus' story. They were opening up their hearts and being filled with the consciousness of the stories of who God is. They were following and they were, and they were responding to Jesus' teachings. And they were coming back for more. It said that they were coming and teaching and um, uh, coming and to listen to his stories and even eating with him. They were ready. And the Pharisees were so caught up in their letter of the law and judgment, they were the ones who were lost. Because nowhere inside of them, even though they knew the commandments, was an expression of the Ten Commandments. Amen? The first what? The first two, love thy neighbor. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as you do yourself. Now, do you, if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you know that God is all and God is present in all, do you treat people with judgment? Do you complain? Do you criticize? And you treat them as if they are second-class citizens when you're around them. Do you or not? No. No. So the Pharisees are the one who, ones who are lost. So Jesus is telling the story as if he's talking about he came for them, the, the notorious uh, sinners and the tax collectors. But he's also saying with an implied uh, meaning that he came for the Pharisees and those who think they know that they know that they know. Because they really didn't know. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> that was my joke. <laughs> Has that stopped now? No. We still have people in this world who may know the theology, who may know about spiritualism, who may know about things on, um, on how spirit is made, made. They may know the laws, the spiritual laws, and all of that. May have even written the books, but never really experienced that which they are describing. They're lost. It's like the blind leading the blind. Like for real. And so as we move into this, 
a beautiful thing. So now that's the story of him sharing it, that you go for the sheep. Now this is the important thing on why it mattered to them. Because shepherds who had sheep, that was their business. So all of the sheep had a value to them. And they lived according to the means of the number of sheep they had. And most of them had about 100 sheep. And the sheep knew their name. And so that, and, but the ones who were already in place, the 99 who were already in place, their value was secure. But the one who wandered off, that value was not. So they will go after that one so they can come back and make sure they have all that they need to secure their means for their, year, for their year, yearly life. Does that make sense? And that's why Jesus talked about the crops and all of that too, because selling your crops, same thing. That's how they lived back then, off of what they could make on their farm. And that was important to them. But when you forget the value of the one for the sake of the 99, you're lost too. The Pharisees were forgetting the value of those who were quote-unquote sinning and out of alignment and the value that they can show as an example of love and compassion and empathy to be an example to come back into the presence of God. But you know what? They didn't even know it themselves. Does that make sense? So on a metaphysical level, when you look at this story, the shepherd represents that dominant belief, that dominant thought that is leading your life. And all of the other thoughts are following it. Does that make sense? So, that, so I remember um, once I heard about uh, Albert Einstein saying that the most valuable question that you can ask yourself is, do we live in a friendly universe? Or do we think that it's an unfriendly universe? Depending on that decision that you choose to think on, that's the type of life that you have. And what we're meant to do is we're meant to live in a space of knowing that this is a friendly life, that we have life may not always feel comfortable, but it's always set up for success for us. Does that make sense? Inside of you is the presence of God. Inside of you is the love of God. Inside of you is the plan of God. Inside of you is the future of God. Inside of you is the good of God. Inside of you is the love of God. Inside of you is the direction of God. But you got to go inside to find it. And when you do, you take your thoughts as a shepherd and you gather and look at your thoughts. You do an inventory of your thoughts. And you see which ones are out of alignment with the consciousness of God, with the consciousness of love, with the consciousness of oneness, with the consciousness of the principles that we are espousing in unity or wherever you go. And that thought that is out of alignment is keeping you out of alignment. So you go for that thought and bring it back into the fold so that you're fully in alignment. Does that make sense to you? It's connected to your behaviors too. You ever try to change your behavior and find yourself back to the same, like New Year's resolutions? You do yourself best to stay in this New Year's resolution, and you find yourself sliding back. Because in that moment, that one thought, that one habit, that one behavior is dominant in your life. And we are led to search it because these parables are about seeking and finding. 
And the beautiful thing is, you don't have to seek outside of you. You only have to go inside. It's right there. And you don't have to look long, depending on the intention behind and the sincerity of your seeking, because it's waiting to wake itself up inside of you. And when you look, your eyes become the light that wake it up. Does that make sense? There's another... Um, I'm listening. I was listening to another minister speak, and she shared this quote from Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he says, he was a teacher and a parent. He says, as a teacher and a parent, I have found that the key to the 99 is the one, particularly that the, the uh, one that is testing the patience and the good humor of the many. It is the love and the discipline of the student, the one child, that communicates love to, other, to the others. It's how you treat the one that reveals how you regard the 99, because ultimately, everyone is a one. You are a one. And there is moments when you feel lost. Jesus in the story said that when the shepherd finds the sheep, he puts the sheep on his shoulders and walks the sheep home. You ever heard that poem, Footprints? There's a part in there. I wanted to, I have it right here. Where the person said he's had a dream or she's had a dream and says that um, she sees herself walking along the beach. And there's a scene when... Um, Things flash before her, and she notices footprints in the sand. And there's times when there's two footprints in the sand. And then there's times when there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And, and, and she's realizing that during that time that there's one footprint, there's only one set of footprints in the sand, she's gone through turmoil, she's gone through difficulty, she's experienced death, she's experienced all these terrible things in her life. And she's sitting there thinking, all these times when I was lost and all these times when I, I, I was going through all this turmoil and there's only one set of footsteps in the sand. So she asked, she says, um, why when I needed you most have you not been there for me? And the Lord replied, the years when you have only seen one set of footsteps, my child, was when I carried you. God has not let us go. When you're going through some things, just surrender. I promise God's going to carry you. When anything's going on in your life where you feel lost, let go, sit still for a minute, and just hit that center inside of yourself where you just trust that you trust that you trust. Even when you don't think you trust, just fake it or faith it until you make it. I don't feel it, but I have faith that it's here, and let God guide you through it. I've had my moments of that. And I, I, was, lit, I was, I don't have the answer yet for this. But in 2001, I had a lump in my breast. And I was terrified of breast cancer. And, and the night before the surgery, they were going to do a biopsy. The night before the surgery, I sat, and all of a sudden, I felt a warm hug over me. And it was this deep sense of peace. And, it, and, and similar, Bonnie, when I prayed with you when you were going into surgery, Bonnie McNamara, and you said that when you were going, you felt a sense of peace. 
I felt as if that peace was over me. And when I went into the surgery, I was not concerned. I was not worried. I just knew things were going to be okay. That sense of God was there. I can't give you the words on it, but I know if you seek it, you will find it. And then years later, let's fast forward to 2004, my mother's diagnosed with cancer. I don't have the feeling that she's going to have the same outcome I have. As a matter of fact, I know in my heart she's not. I go into the chapel at Sinai Grace, and I sit down because I'm lost. I, I want to pray for my mother, and I can't because you said you're taking her. In that moment, I'm sitting there. I feel it again, this huge warmth around me so deep. It made me go into that state of peace that I could be the presence of God even while I was saying goodbye to my mother. And it's so crazy because when she took her last breath, I wasn't in the room. I had her urge to get some sugar. I hadn't eaten sugar in three years. And I had her urge to eat some sugar. And I went down and got a Snickers. What the what? The what? I wasn't meant to be in the room, I realized. But I had that huge peace over me when I realized God knows what God's doing. And I promise you, that peace hasn't hit me until this week. She passed away in 2005. And I was still, like, not getting it. How come you saved me and you took her? Fast forward to 2018, January, which is why I'm so full. My sister finds out she has cancer. They're going to do a biopsy on her. I have the same feeling I had with my mama. It may be longer, probably December, but she's not going to be here. After the whole thing, she's not going to be here. And you're going to be with her every step of the way. Huh? In that moment, I got that realization. Fear came, and I felt lost. How am I going to be that for her when I know what's going to happen and not tell her and talk to her every single time I talk to her, have that knowing inside of me and not tell her and sit and pray with her for her healing, for her um, divine health and wholeness? What? got another hug so deep that it rooted me that every Monday when my sister came back from radiation or chemo, I was getting off work sometimes late. She was coming in a little bit late, and I got to talk to her every single time. That hug of God, that inner guidance of God will find you, but you have to search for it first. Does that make sense? It's already there, and it will make it known that it's there for you. The reason God kept me was so I could be there for them. There's a reason for everything, even the lost moments. Even the lost moments. In the lost moments, find it in your heart to thank God, because something's going to come out great in that, and you will see it, you will know it if you search for it. I challenge you all to look at your lives right now and in those moments where you're feeling lost, where you don't know what's going on, 
Just celebrate in those moments. Because I promise you there's only one set of footprints in that sand because God is guiding you right now. And you will know when it's time to know God. It's a need to know God. It took me 15 years to know my mom. Yeah, my mother, uh, I, mine was in 2001. My, my mother's was 2005. It wasn't until huh, maybe this, this is 2023 that I found my reason. Don't give up on searching for your reason. Don't give up even when you feel lost because God is there waiting. And when you're ready, that's when the answer will come. But don't stop searching because the searching is what makes you ready. Amen? Amen. Let's bring it home. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. One of his greatest speeches was, I have a what? I'm touching and agreeing with that dream right now. I know the United States is lost in consciousness. I know it is. But if we come together with our hearts of love, being the expression of love, claiming and manifesting love, and you never give up no matter what, we will find our way back to what it is that Martin Luther King had the dream for. That dream was Jesus' dream which is why he brought the teachings from Judaism into teaching it to those who were considered Gentiles, those who weren't Jewish. That was Jesus' dream, which is God's manifestation and God's truth. Amen? Look inside of you. I ask you to gently close your eyes right now. Put your hands over your heart. Take a deep cleansing breath. See where you are right now in your mind. What is that dominating thought, that dominating chief feeling, belief, habit? Affirm to it. I believe that in my lost times, together, I believe that in my lost times, even then I can see God, together, even then I can see God. Thank you for carrying me in these moments, together. Thank you for carrying me in these moments. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I promise you, in your lost moments, God is there. Please, with me, hold that space of love in your moments of feeling lost. Go through your mind and find that lost thought. Bring it back into the fold of the truth. Just speak the truth to yourself and begin to live that truth because as you live that truth, you become the radiating energy of that truth. So now we looked at it as the story because Jesus was saying that the, fair, that the uh, tax collectors and the notorious sinners were lost sheep, but he was also inadvertently saying the Pharisees were lost sheep. That's the story there, that every time we have our moments of confusion or our moments of veering off, it's just that you're lost. Find your way back. We looked at it metaphysically where it is connecting to that energy that's out of alignment with God, your behaviors that are out of alignment with God. And then we brought it home to our own thoughts. What is the dominating thought in your mind? Let it be aligned with God. And then take all those other thoughts that are veered away. Find them. Search until you find it. God will guide you to it. Bring it in. And then in those moments, know that God is carrying you home. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I'm done.
really powerful. Um, I think we all appreciate how much she shares so much of her life because it translates to a lot of the things in our lives. And she mentioned it is Martin Luther King Day tomorrow. Uh, there was a powerful movie called Selma, which had an Academy Award nominated song that came out of that. Now, it's very clear that we do not represent the creators of that music in terms of, uh, but we want to embody their spirit because it is such a powerful song. So I uh, hope you enjoy. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours, oh, oh glory. When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be No man, no weapon formed against Yet glory is destined Every day women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us, resistant is us. That's why Rosa, she sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it go down, we women, men ran up. They say, stay down, and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop, and we ran up. Day, when the glory comes, it will be Welcome to the story we call 
Victory, the coming of the Lord. My eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure. We will be say something to that because I know what you said about being in the spirit of it with us and the truth is is that when there is glory when those of us who black who are black and brown in this United States do have that glory everybody's going to have the glory amen? amen so I thank you for singing that I thank you for holding the spirit of it I thank you for I just Um, what are we supposed to do? The prayer for the, the love offering blessing. Let's do the love offering blessing. So gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. Feel prosperity and abundance. Thank you, God. Let's go ahead and affirm what you feel led to give today for today's service. I was about to say class for today's service. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Let's stand. And as we say this prayer for protection, let's affirm this over this world, over the United States, over everybody's hearts, that we move out of this lost state and move into knowing who we are, whose we are, and be that expression. Amen? Okay, together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.